This is Radio Free Galisteo. Today we have a special edition of our podcast. Radio Free Galisteo's Denise Lynch will read a chapter from her mother's as yet unpublished work, A Galisteo Tale. The piece is titled, The Song Dog and the Painter. Denise Lynch here coming to you from the heart of the Galisteo Village in New Mexico. I'm here at Quartermill Gallery, the physical home of Radio Free Galisteo. This fall, we celebrate our legacy by bringing to you some sounds of the desert. My late mother, Priscilla Hoback, also known affectionately as the queen of all mediums, left behind several collectible pieces of her artwork, including some short stories and a book about her beloved Galisteo. Today I'll be sharing one of the short stories titled The Song Dog and the Painter. Song Dog and the Painter I watch my new tenant hurry toward me. He waves his hands and calls out, I just saw a large wolf trotting through the arena. Quickly I look across to the barn. Several of the horses are watching me with their ears pricked and their eyes shining. They are hoping I'll walk down and bring them apples. Maybe scratch their ears and tell them a story. They have no thoughts of predators. Steve, I do not think you saw a wolf. Are you sure? Describe him to me. He had very long legs and big feet. He was black and brown and had a very large black muzzle. When he saw me, he turned around and slipped under the fence like a shadow. You probably saw a large dog. Maybe one of our neighbors has a new wolf dog. The horses are not upset. The chicken coop has not been decimated. No, no, no. This animal was awesome. No dog can slither and fade away under a fence like that. I'm beginning to understand what Steve was saying. No wonder he was excited. This first encounter always produces awe. Steve, you have just met Coyote, the master shapeshifter. He plays fast and loose with the truth. He has shifted his lithe body into that of a wolf, complete with yellow eyes and long fangs. Steve saw Coyote as a wolf, one from another dimension. The way he moved gave him away. Only Coyote can shift and pour himself into the dark blue shape and disappear into a shadow. He is under the illusion that he is not yet king, but with a little work he soon will be. What trick is he planning this time? Does Coyote think if his handsome shape was presented carefully, it might improve his somewhat unrespected image? Could he think he needs a painter to help with his new image? Steve would never paint a cliché. He's only interested in serious painting. Does Coyote really want to be the subject in Steve's latest painting? Today's wet paint on the canvas shows his naked girlfriend as she frolics with a small dog who nips playfully at her pale flesh. Painters can be as wily as coyotes, and they are known to do tricky things. Some artists have depicted coyotes as scavengers with thin, scraggy coats. That is not the image coyote wants. He must improve his image from howling at the moon in every Santa Fe tourist shop to something much more intriguing. Coyote knows there are many fine old stories scattered around the desert. They are lost and no longer told. He will just dig one up, dust it off, and put it to good use. He chose the story that tells how Coyote fared when the Great Spirit gathered all the animals before him. They were to be named, assigned territory, and given tasks. Coyote got a pretty good name, Song Dog, 
and a home in the wonderful high desert, but his task was a bit confusing. First, Great Spirit identified Song Dog as one of his special animals. He called him one of the great tricksters. Then he gave Coyote the unusual task of belonging to the desert. Coyote misunderstood this to mean the desert belonged to him, a misunderstanding that was to lead to much adventure and some confusion. He claimed his task as he saw it and set about taking control of the desert to suit himself. As he belonged to the desert, all changes he made were integrated into his nature. Soon, Coyote was on the wrong side of the ranchers. They also lived in the desert. Right from the get-go, they disrespected him. They considered him an interloper. Coyote planned to do something about this disrespect. This desert was his. It belonged to him. Ranchers would come and go. Long before the ranchers were here, Coyote had to outwit the Basque sheep herders. He knew them and their flocks very well. Like Coyote, the herder's origin is unknown. Like Coyote, the Basque people have a strong instinct about sheep and all crafts pertaining to them. Like Coyote, the herders are disrespected and at the bottom of the social order. And like Coyote, there were once thousands of herders in the Southwest, and now only the remarkably crafty remain. Today's ranchers should not prove much of a problem for him. They did not even go it alone. They needed sheepdogs to help them, but that is another story. Even though Coyote preferred to eat rabbit rather than sheep, ranchers considered him enemy number one. Coyote thought they must be jealous of him. They did have many reasons. Coyote's the best tracker, the best hunter, the best escape artist, better than the Basque herders, better than the sheepdogs, and certainly better than all the ranchers. He is strong, able to run all day, and then smell where water is hiding in the desert's driest corner. He always enjoys a cool drink in the afternoon. He is not trotting around today. He hung around the barn to keep an eye on Steve's studio. He dreams about how he will look in the new painting as he slips in and out of red canyons, green mountains, and blue rivers, trotting through the wonderful colors that Steve paints. He thinks they will be a perfect background for the new coyote. He really must trick this painter into helping him. Paint him as he sees himself, that as he really is, then everybody will understand. He would try again by appearing unexpectedly in front of Steve. Then Steve could not help but think about Coyote. He needs to soften the wolf image a little bit, starting with the fangs and yellow eyes, and amp up the mysterious. Painters love mysteries, especially painters who live in Galisteo. Soon Steve could not drive into town to shop at Trader Joe's without seeing a wolf coyote cross his path several times. He knew something was up with all the sightings. He got all metaphysical, talking to his fellow artists about apparitions and dreams and meanings of such. But still, it never occurred to him to paint a coyote. Coyote even posed for him once, standing on a hill beside the road. He stood erect, the wind blowing, his fine tail arched, fluttering in and out of focus. When Steve drove by, shaking his head side to side, once again Coyote did his disappearing trick of puddling blue into the dark shadows and sliding under the fence. He slipped away to think some more. When Steve went to his portal to have lunch and read a book, Coyote thought he would creep into the studio, track through the wet paint, leaving paw prints, so obvious even the painter would understand. But no, Steve had shut the door. That evening, over a glass of wine, Steve discussed his ideas about paintings with his friends. Coyote listened carefully. Steve talked about colors, tones, and forms, and why he used them to create a unique style, almost abstract and very emotional. He knew he was a good painter. It's difficult to influence a good painter with ideas that include the neighborhood pest. 
High on the crossbeam that supported the barn, two ravens were listening to Coyote's musings. They had not come here to build a nest, lay eggs, and raise chicks like other migratory birds. No, they were here to further their studies in magic. The shaman they talked to in Mexico sent them to learn more from the Hopi knower who lived in the village. He wanted them to study Coyote carefully, watch, and learn. So here they sit in conversation. The first raven asked, Coyote has tried most of his tricks without results. He's failing to get his idea across to the painter. What do you think he will do next? The second raven suggested, Maybe he should try a weaker-willed person than Steve. Someone not so sure of himself as he pursues ideas. The first raven mused, But one with lesser talent would not be able to convey the strong image Coyote wants. Do you think we should help Coyote? And if we do, what would he gain? The second raven responded, A new start. Then the tasks the great spirit gave him might have more purpose and opportunity. But second-guessing the great spirit is a dangerous move. The great spirit already gave him many gifts. He is the best at many things. Should he not be happy? Here's a startling idea. He could just leave the rancher's sheep alone and quit shape-shifting in front of the painter. Act more like a rabbit. That would change his image. Oh, dear, said the first raven. But then he would not be the coyote we know anymore. He would just be a dressed-up, watered-down version of his old self. We and most everybody else would still know him under all that paint. I think Coyote just wants to change the way folks think about him. He really does not want to change his ways. The second raven answered, Imagine going to a painter to change his image. First, he would have to change his task. He should have talked to Alan the Bosky, who would have told him that tasks cannot be changed, only completed or not. The raven sat there above Coyote and continued to converse long into the afternoon, studying Coyote as they had been instructed. Coyote became restless. His plans were not working out. Stupid task, stupid ranchers, and stupid ravens chattering away above him. He decided to give up on Steve. Painters were very easy to fool, but very hard to direct. He trotted far into the desert, found a little spring, drank deep, and admired his reflection in the pool handsome fellow in his flowing summer coat. Good thing he overheard the raven's conversation. He had almost tricked himself again. Now he would come up with a new plan, a better idea, one that clarified the great spirit's definition on his real task. And that is how Coyote learned to avoid painters. Radio Free Galisteo is listener-supported. If you go to www.radiofreegalisteo.com, you can find our Patreon support button. Click it and become an active supporter of this podcast.